At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. This is Isabella on the Curve, the World Messenger, inviting you for another epic episode of Legacy Leadership. And you guys probably never heard about multiple things that we're going to be discussing here. And I will urge you to stay because uh, we're going to not only talk, talk about someone who is a top-notch person to follow on LinkedIn, but he's also recognized as a top 10 tech and cybersecurity experts and influencers. And what should you care? Wait till you hear this. Obviously, phenomenal faculty that is teaching students timely relevant information in Georgetown, which is phenomenal university, and it's not easy to do that and understand the crystal ball and where things are headed with everything else that is happening. So without further ado, he is also my fellow Forbes contributor, and he also is two-time presidential appointee. I am curious to learn about that one. Okay, guys, without further ado, welcome Chuck Brooks. Chuck, how are you? Great, great. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure to come on your show. Thank you so much for agreeing because I know you're super busy and lots of going on from Georgetown to Forbes to your daily job, keeping not only your companies and um, countries safe and secure <laughs> when we're seen on visible attacks, right? And, and things that creep up upon us. So Chuck, first of all, uh, how do you manage all of this? Seems like you're doing a lot of amazing work. Yeah, well, you're right. It's difficult to manage, but uh, you know, a, a part of the, the way I can is that I, I don't sleep much, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I think also with the, with COVID having happened in the last couple of years, you had time to sort of organize a lot of this stuff virtually uh for in the past i've been running to conference to conference to event to event doing stuff a lot of it now is done online which makes it a little bit easier but it's still you know you have to have five time to write time to speak time to do your classes and time to do your business so it's it's time management <laughs> at his best and then what what great opportunity to learn from the best and you spot on a lot of people have a hard time juggling so much but when you also have complexity it's not just the what we juggle but when we have very complex issues so could you please tell us what's, what do you see in your world right now happening in terms of cybersecurity, uh, in terms of possible attacks, in terms of landscape changing on global scale and what that means for American business specifically, but sure. also global business in general? Yeah, I, th I think we're really now at an inflection point when it comes to our, our digital world. Uh, I think, you know, uh, the last two years of, of uh, accelerated the process uh, from remote work and et cetera from, from being at home. But um, we're so much now more digitally connected, the internet of things, uh, you know, billions of devices, trillions of sensors, uh, all our business now is, is global. And so at the same time, we've created an environment that is, is uh, immensely connected, but immensely vulnerable. And so what's happened is there's, there's a lot of criminal organizations and hackers that have taken advantage of this uh, primarily through using ransomware, which has been around forever, but now being able to get paid with cryptocurrency, they, they've, they've taken advantage of, of, of using it on less prepared small businesses, medium businesses, healthcare, 
finance, education, all, all the ones that are low hanging fruit. And uh, I think we have to, to, to uh, reflect that, you know, we, we sort of opened the barn door without ever protecting anything. And, and that's why you're seeing all this momentum in the government now for zero trust. It's really not a solution. It's really going back to basically a strategy of saying, okay, we probably are corrupted. We need to start from the beginning and look at everything we have connected to the, to the internet, our people, our devices, uh, whatever, and who's doing what, who has what privileges and get everything in order. And I think it's really important, particularly what's happening with Ukraine and Russia, you're seeing a lot of use of, of cyber attacks, particularly um, you know, aimed at critical infrastructure. And, and this is a sign of what could happen, our vulnerability, our vulnerability to our electric grids, or to our, our, all of our power, our healthcare systems. You know, we're, we're, we're very vulnerable. And, and I think it, this is a wake up call for everybody that cybersecurity is not just an afterthought now, it, it's really integral to any business, whether you're big, large, or small. And you better consider that as part of your operations plan from here on in. That is excellent perspective, and, and thank you for sharing that with us. And what I also am hearing you saying is that small business is very vulnerable. And I know that from experience in consulting world with Fortune 500, they're used to that. They feel like it's a norm, and they have to. But what I'm seeing from you know smaller companies get they feel like they're exempt, and they're not. That's not going to be any issues there. So do you mind just a little bit share how how what statistics? What do you see happening? In, and what would you suggest for smaller businesses that don't necessarily have this tremendous budget and opportunity uh, for people to do that? What would you advise them how to protect themselves? and how to truly play safe? Great question. Uh, you know, first of all, um, it's, if they think they're not a, a target, uh, they're living in the wrong world because everyone is a target now. Um, anything that's online and has data connected is a target. And, and because of the new machine learning technologies, uh, the bad guys and hackers can discover you and use uh, um, automated attacks and phishing attacks and stuff to get at you. And in fact, that uh, half the small businesses that get attacked uh, go out of business. So if you're a small business, you need to, let, to rethink that thing that you're not going to be a victim. Uh, the second thing is you can make yourself less of a victim and you can fortify your defenses. And, and there's certain things you could certainly do is, is one is have some basic cyber hygiene, you know, obviously have a multi-factor authentication, strong passwords, uh, secured routers and Wi-Fi, uh, have a, a policy of, of privilege within your organization and uh you know understand what the threats are is really important from your industry and others you know uh go to regular meetings coordinate with people who have expertise in that area uh use the NIST frameworks to, to help you know your industry if you have to but you know i agree a lot of these small businesses just don't have the budgets or the expertise in-house expertise so there's opportunities now i think you know to bring in a consultant or even use a managed service provider that can actually do all the the, the security for you, uh, the penetration testing, the testing for the gaps, uh, um, what what tools you need to put in there, what you can buy, what antivirus software, etc. But the bottom line is that there's a lot you can do. It doesn't uh, guarantee you're not going to become a victim or get breached, but it reduces the chances significantly. So for every small business, uh, you know, it's, I think it's imperative to look at cybersecurity as a, a first course of action when you're doing your business plan, because if you don't uh, if you're not secure, you're not going to have a business. 
That is so very uh, important and, and it's scary because we're coming sort of out of the COVID and we're really striving to catch up in small businesses and vulnerability and all the issues that we already had. And when you added now, as you mentioned earlier, uh, the war that we're seeing that is happening in Europe and types of attacks and that are strategic uh, for their own advantage. Uh, and obviously with economy that is being sluggish in some parts of the world, people see so much opportunity, how they can recoup that. And unfortunately, it's, it's, it's demonstrated in these attacks. So I'm curious, how did you as a faculty at Georgetown change the curricula and what, what, what I'm sure because you're in the driver's seat, you see what's coming in practical real world. I'm curious, um, how is, how is that working in terms of creating new generation? Because we also have a shortage of highly skilled and capable cybersecurity experts like yourself. So how are you grooming new generations? Yeah, well, several, several ways. First of all, the, the course is very well organized and they, they really stress risk management and, and, and both in, in theory and principles and activities and homeland security technologies. But I was uh, uh, lucky to be able to create my own course uh, a few years ago. And it's called Dis Disruptive Technologies and Organizational Management. And of course, it's focused on cybersecurity, but it also looks at all the new influences of emerging tech uh, impacting our ecosystem, you know, from artificial intelligence to 5G to augmented reality, um, you know, to all the different types of, of, of cloud and, and edge communication. So it's been a lot of fun. I, I got to write the, the modules and, and, and do a lot of the interviews with experts and put together the content. So I've been teaching that for four years now. It's a popular course. And, it keeps me updated too, because one of the requirements I have in my course is when I uh, dialogue with my students is uh, I have them uh, assigned to look up current technology articles or in the news, you know, whether it be from, from quantum computing or whether it be, uh, you know, something just with the, uh, you know, invisibility cloak, something interesting or bio biotech or, you know, CRISPR. So they come back and then we discuss those articles. We look at the, the industry, uh, what the challenges are, where it's going, how fast it's going. And then one of the other things I do is I ask them to write a memo uh, to be able to pretend they're the CTO uh, writing to their company of why they should develop these technologies and what the strategy is for combining these technologies, fusing the emerging technologies, and what their security strategy around it is to secure that the business does not get uh, breached. So it's a really fun course. And, and I think that it makes them think it's a Socratic method way uh, but I think Georgetown just has a really, really great context support and, and, and really good faculty there. So it makes it easy for me. That's fantastic. And I knew that you will be on the top of the game. And it's so great to hear because uh, as I'm stuck in more and more with the CIOs and we know that their role never has been as big and as expanding rapidly, right? But also threats and level of responsibility internally and externally. It, it just uh, multiplies and it's virtually almost impossible to really manage all of that unless you really have a strong culture and strong environment. What would you just suggest for all the CIOs, doesn't matter how small or large enterprises, to really, really hone? Because yes, they should know and they will understand the risks and threats, but we're seeing in some organization, very swift, rapid changes and they're on top of the game. Some of them are obviously from what reasons are not as fast getting there and we see very different results don't we we do and, and i think that's a really good point i think i think the first thing i stress to them is you have to collaborate you have to collaborate with even competitors in your industry sometimes there's a lot of organizations that do that um and again there's a lot of government programs and events best way to learn the new threats the new technologies and the new tools out there and and, and work on those and you have to sort of cultivate your own uh, security culture as a cio now 
or as a CISO, uh, because you're having an elevated role uh, now in, in everything that's connected uh, digitally uh, means that the company's future is dependent upon your insights. And so you have to bring like, the expert, right expertise to your table. It's continual learning. And, uh, but I think most CIOs and most CISOs like that role. They want to learn their new technologies. They want to know what's going on. And I think one of the, the big influences happening certainly now is with all of them is the, the move uh, from on-prem to the cloud, to hybrid clouds, a uh, huge amount of, of movement with data. And, and if they're going to stress anything or, or know about anything right now, I think that's what they have to look at because that's where the future is when we're going to, to edge computing and with the 5G integrations. Um, cloud is going to play a, a bigger, bigger role. And, and particularly uh, what we we're talking about earlier for smaller and medium businesses that don't have the capability to secure everything, uh, they'll be able to at least uh, secure it better with uh, uh, managed services in the cloud. That's a great point. But what I'm curious, I, I see like so much push for towards technology, but what we forget sometimes we'll leave the people behind, right? And and not everybody is seeing, understanding the, the level of seriousness and, 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 and really how to, right? And, and kind of to be well-orchestrated team. How do you make that happen in the world when you truly have to be very nimble and agile and, 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 and speed up, right? To, to really be ahead of the game or be able to prevent things. I'm just curious, what do you see it's really essential to make that happen? Well, I'm seeing a transition now. I think, you know, they, they talked about technical skills as being, you know, everything being coding and technical and, and all these certifications, but it's really changed. Cybersecurity is now a lot of soft skills. I mean, it's communications to your, your people that you're working with. It's having a strategy and processes in place um, that it's it's delegating responsibilities to the people that do have those technical skills. So I think, you know, the management aspect is really just as important as any kind of technical knowledge. And I think that's evolving very quickly in the cybersecurity community. And, uh, you know, it also transcends to, to the sales and the marketing and the legal. Everyone is now involved in, in cybersecurity. So uh, I think the expanded role uh, with CISOs is, is really important there. The other thing is, I think, you know, like you said earlier, there's a dearth of, of qualified people out there. and We need to, to, to build that out. And obviously, uh, STEM programs are great attracting more women. You know, um, I'm thankful that I got many, many, many more women students now than I had when I started four years ago in my classes in, in cybersecurity. And I think that's really important to fill these gaps. And, you know, I think it's also really important to, you know, to, to write about it, to uh, to talk about it and to to be as pervasive you can uh, on, on college campuses and even high schools of trying to te teach people why they need to go into a, a technology or, or cybersecurity oriented career. And again, stressing the fact that it's not all technical. It's really uh, based on mostly soft skills. That is such a huge differentiator. And I'm glad also you're saying that because obviously I'm seeing such a huge need and gap in those soft skills. And that's why a lot of times when we play in a C-suite, we don't see equally uh, and recognize importance or we don't sometimes, quote unquote, we don't see the value, right? Why we need to invest in this? Why do we need to spend time and money? Why do we need to change these environments? Why we need to, it's like all these whys, but sometimes really not quote unquote real concrete answers. And, and I think the landscape is shifting as you just mentioned, but it seems like not as fast, right? Because we have also gap in the knowledge and gap into um, knowing how. So what would you suggest for, for, for those scenarios when we have a higher domain of specific skills than we truly have supply available? Yeah, I mean, that, that really leads to one thing and it, it's really automation. 
Uh, we have to rely more and more on that uh, just because, uh, like I said, this, the cybersecurity attackers, the cyber attackers are, are using automation for phishing and other attacks. And we need to rely on that kind of technology to fill gaps. But that's not the answer in itself. And, and, and a lot of that is going to really be uh, based on artificial intelligence to identify threats, mitigate threats. That's in the future. Um, it's happening now, but it's, it's a big time in the future. And I don't think we have any other choice, but that doesn't negate the fact that we need to continue to, to cultivate and train people and bring them more and more into this world of, of, uh, of technology and digital uh, ecosystem with cybersecurity and, uh, and other, other technologies. So I think uh, you know, it's going to be a, a, not an easy task, uh, but the more we, we evangelize it and the more we talk about it, uh, the more attractive it hopefully it will be to to the younger generations looking at who are who are gamers or, or like 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 technology and I think there's an advantage there because they're growing up on the technology and 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 the gaps should not be as big for people who are from other generations where where they had to really learn from scratch I mean that they're, they're they're faster they know how they think like the, the machine they they know they know what they're doing so I think uh, there's advantages too that we need to, to really push and gamification is one of those areas that I think could to play a major role in attracting people into it. That is fantastic. And and then if we fully um, figure it out, who is really having a passion and desire and aptitude for it, right? Because as you said, it's always the growing, it's always changing, and you have to be able to have that attitude and aptitude for it. So with that in mind, Chuck, what is coming? What, in your opinion, is coming that we all have to pay attention regardless which part of the C-suite or department we're playing in with an organization, specifically comes from advisory and strategy standpoint, because um, again, great strategy without execution and great advice doesn't go far, right? Yeah, no, you're right. Exactly. Well, I mean, you know, we're, we're in for more calamities in terms of cybersecurity attacks and breaches. That's just inevitable uh, because they're already out there and uh, they're just sitting dormant, um, but it's going to happen and we have to factor that in. But what I think is, what I mentioned earlier, I think is going to really transform a lot of the world that we're in now is, you know, everyone asks me what technology is going to have the most impact and, you know, is it quantum, is it 5G? No, it's, it's really going to be artificial intelligence and, and we're still in early stages in that, you know, it's mostly machine learning, um, but that's going to really change how we operate, how we do data analytics, uh, how we allocate information and data and protect it, how we detect attacks. So I think uh, the impact of artificial intelligence is going to have a... Uh, it's going to impact every single kind of business, no matter what you are in manufacturing, uh, communications, financial, health. And you're seeing it already, but it's going to get more and more advanced. And I think that, that really, if I were a young person coming up right now, I'd study robotics and artificial intelligence as my, my background with obviously cybersecurity, uh, you know, integrated and integrated into it. But, uh, you know, I think it's, it's really, uh, that is going to be the, the, the force, I think, that changes uh, our civilization. Wow, that is exciting. And then I'm sure for many people can be also very, very terrifying. But back to you and your background. I mean, you've been through plethora of things and, and, and have not only a phenomenal recognition, but career paths that really brought you from being police officer to being involved in uh, Homeland Security and being involved with uh, senators and uh, legislative you know, stuff. And I mean, doing so many elements, again, as a strategist and advisor and being involved as a true technology partner. I mean, someone would say, I want to be shocked. <laughs> down the road or how did you, how did you do all of this I'm you just know some, someone was fortuitous i mean i 
I came to Washington like a lot of uh, young people, didn't know what I was going to do. I, I just graduated uh, University of Chicago and got my master's in international relations. I want to go to international relations. And I did do that. I, uh, I, I, got, I met, went to a party, met the former deputy director of the CIA and head of DIA. He said, do you want to work in the Reagan administration? I said, sure. You know, you get, so I ended up working in Voice of America and uh, international relations. And same thing then uh, for the next uh, decade, I worked on the Hill for a late Senator Arnold Inspector. And that's where I got involved with technology, uh, national security, all kinds of stuff. Because when you're a legislator and you, ha you handle a lot, of, a lot of issues and they give you your, your area of expertise and stuff and, and, and foreign affairs was part of it too. So, but I think they're all intertwined. I think that the more you do, the more you speak, the more you go to these groups, the more you get involved with think tanks, the more you know, you're involved with media and, and academia, you just want to do more of it. And that's what happened to me. I, I ended up doing more of it. I helped uh, set up the, I was one of the first hundred people hired from the Department of Homeland Security um, by uh, Governor Tom Ridge to set up the Science and Technology Directorate and Legislative Directorate, uh, which is great experience. You know how many people get to set up an agency, and then I went, my, you know, my way in industry, working for big giants like Xerox and General Dynamics, and, and, and involved involved in the technology area and cyber, but not just cyber, but also physical security, physical security too, and other things. So, you know, security's always been sort of an interwoven interest, but it's really uh, intertwined with international affairs and, and politics and everything else that goes with it. Um, you know, it, it doesn't have to be partisan in politics, but it has to be politics of, of getting uh, the right technologies. So I think, you know, really, really that's, you know, it, it's something that's always interesting. So you, there's so much to learn and so many dynamics involved with different technologies, even cybersecurity is so sophisticated in its different types of, of applications. In, in policies and in, in, in uses. So there's there's never a, a dull moment. You're always learning. And so my, my whole quest for my career is to continue learning. And that's what I'm still doing now. Uh, every day, I, you know, I research and write about something and I, and I learn. I mean, and I recommend that for everybody, you know, now with LinkedIn and other things out there, you could, you know, do your own blogs and produce your own stuff too. And so I think it's really good advice for younger people who really want to become a, a subject matter expert on issues and and uh, to, to go and write about them, to learn to interview people about it, do the research, get back to some of the basics. I think we've become almost too dependent on Google and other things to automatically get stuff sent to us. But when you go out and you really look at the, the nuts and bolts of things and you analyze it yourself, you learn about it more. And then you meet the right people. You, know, you meet the people that are doing it. You end up doing it. So it's really, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an experience uh, uh, that, that, you know, covers everything, which is, is really, really been sort of fun. It's still going. <laughs> I can see that, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And I cannot wait what you're going to accomplish in months and years to come. Because it's like you're very young, given you know plethora stuff you already accomplished. And I'm curious, what is next? What really excites you? And what do you think it's uh, some in your bucket list to do? Yeah, well, I'm co-writing a book, and it's almost done. And it's really aimed at cybersecurity for small and medium businesses. You know what to do and how to do it. Sort of a you know, very matter of fact kind of book and I have co-author there too. Um, and uh, I'll be ready in a couple months. Um, I want to continue teaching and speaking um, at conferences and, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, some, some point in the line doing some, some more traveling again, now that uh, COVID's gone or uh, not gone, but, you know, uh, getting better. Now. A little bit. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. So when is the book coming? When are you, when you're aiming for the book? Because uh, the book ahead. should be out uh, hopefully this summer. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's being edited right now, final, final versions. And so, uh, 
And my, my co-author lives in Ukraine, so there's been a little bit of delays. But he's wow. written 24 books, and uh, but hopefully, uh, you know, he's safe and, and doing well. And so uh, we, we speak every week. So, uh, uh, you know, hopefully everything will go right and it'll be out by uh, uh, midsummer. That's fantastic. And I'm sorry to hear about your quarter, but I know that all of us are being affected in so many ways with what's going on right now in Ukraine and everything else. And, yes. uh, and I feel like we don't know when ends going to happen. We don't know implications and how severe this can get, how far this is going to go and how much escalated can get, right? And when we have multiple global threats, then we are in such a challenging situation in general because where do you put limited resources or where do you focus on it can be very yeah. overwhelming yeah and there's such a humanitarian issue there too and it's a wake-up call for i think the world to show that you know uh, inhumanity uh, still can happen at any time and it has throughout our history and we really have to to bolster ourselves and our defenses uh and protect those who are or the victims of attack uh you know like ukraine and, uh, you know, and, and it's just really got to be a part of every uh, free world country's, uh, uh, you know, aims. And, and hopefully uh, we can hold this off and, and, and Ukraine will make it through. Uh, yes, absolutely. We have to. And with that in mind, I'm just curious, obviously, what would be your advice before book course comes in? And I'm sure when book comes out, everybody that's watching and listening, you will have a chance to go to Chagsburg's uh, LinkedIn profile, pay attention and wait for that. But until then, what will be your top advice if, you, if you're strapped, if you're exhausted, if you're just simply ready to throw the towel uh, or, or just don't know what to do because there's just so many competing priorities. As someone who ad advocated and advised <laughs> with the greats, what would you suggest? Yeah, no, I think as an individual, you, you can do a couple things that are just really basic. And again, it goes back to cybersecurity hygiene. You know, obviously don't, you know, click on that fish. But, you know, one of the things that makes it most difficult for hackers, you know, not not the real pros, but, you know, most of the ones out there that, that are attacking you, um, is they don't want to go through a lot of effort trying to guess passwords and go through multi-factor authentications and, and fingerprints and retinal scans or face things, whatever. So I think the more multi-factor authentication you have and uh, combined with a strong password, uh, you're going to have a first line of defense. So I recommend that to everybody. And, uh, you know, obviously the, the other things you should have your, your antivirus software, um, you know, you want, if you're really doing something that's uh, important, doing your financial work, do it on a separate device and do nothing but, but that work on that device. Um, so you don't inter intermingle your 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 uh, information and your and your passes passwords etc. Um, and, and and make sure that you continually monitor your uh, credit. Uh, identity theft is really prevalent now uh, because it's easy. Uh, social engineering is easy. I've had my my LinkedIn, my Facebook, and my Twitter uh, mimicked by other people. And uh, luckily for me, I mean, there's a million people are connected, so I I, I get emails saying, "Hey, someone's you know stolen your." Uh, your profile again yeah so i contact you know whatever but most people don't monitor and um people are, are often uh you know opening up credit cards and, and finding out you know people's background what they overpost on social media and and looking you know, to a way to get money out of it and then they'll send a, a you know a, something to their address with their their name and they'll open up account and then before you know it they're they're defrauded out of several thousand dollars so i think you know doing the basics monitoring your monitoring your activity looking at your credit record will keep you at least uh, those are the, the very basics you can do to keep yourself safe. 
That is such a fantastic advice. And we sometimes, as you said, forget those basics. And uh, we feel like, oh, it's not going to happen to me or no way we're safe and secure. We're in the United States or, or whatever. We, 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 oh, it's such an interesting different perceptions. Like, oh, we're not in third world country and reality doesn't matter, right? We're all the time online because virtualization and yes. share and overshare. So that is absolutely phenomenal advice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and in closing, I know you have already established phenomenal, obviously not only expertise, but phenomenal legacy because of the impact that you are, that you created and you're still creating. So I'm curious with everything that is going on and all these efforts you've been involved in, how would you like to be known and remembered for? From oh, well, that's a really good question. I, I just think I'd, I'd like to remember someone that's, uh, you know, uh, always willing to help, uh, in particularly uh, those people that don't have the the expertise and the, the understanding of of threats, uh, security threats, primarily cyber, but other threats too, and to be sort of a, a you know, a, a known as as an asset to those who who are looking for for information and and help and where to go and a facilitator, and uh, also as someone that, you know, just is, is a, you know, I like, I like the title of academic now, you know, it's a fun title, I like teaching. So I think, you know, teaching the next generation is also uh, one of, uh, I think the more, more fulfilling things that I'm, I'm, uh, I get out of it. That's brilliant. As a former educator, I can relate to that. And we need a new generation of leaders and specifically, in such a niche, such as cybersecurity, obviously, and those expertise. So that's fantastic. Um, if audience want to connect with you or learn more about your phenomenal work, you're obviously contributing to Forbes. Your articles are awesome. You are supposed some stuff on LinkedIn. You, you, you keep busy on multiple different levels. Where would you like them to go and get more acquainted with your work? You know, I, I think LinkedIn is really my, uh, you know, I have a website, but I, I use LinkedIn mostly because, um, it's easier for people to get to, and uh, then I can see their profile and interact with them. Uh, now, my, my, obviously, my I can't connect with everybody because I'm, I'm over eighty-one thousand connections now, followers, whatever. You only allowed thirty thousand connections, I think. But uh, um, so, but it's a good way to get. I, I post a lot of my writings and stuff on there and, and media, so they can get that. So, so LinkedIn's easy, you know. And then the second one is probably Twitter at Chuck D Brooks. I mean, Twitter's a different kind of vehicle, but. You know, uh, a lot of people use that too, but I, I'm, I, I'm a big LinkedIn person mostly, but, you know, I think the, those social media outlets are, are an easy way to get hold of me. That's fantastic. So you guys have a chance to hear from Chuck Brooks and uh, so much of his tremendous work and great advice. And we wish you ongoing massive success. And Chuck, we cannot wait to have you back on Legacy Leader Show because uh, as things are rapidly changing and more is coming, including your book, we want you to be able to share that as everybody, I'm sure every single business can leverage and utilize some of those lessons and start applying them as soon as possible. So very timely. Thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you again for having me. And I look forward to coming back. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.